Hey, sweet mama, do you want to feel patient and calm with your children? Are you sick of constantly overreacting, yelling, and even experiencing mom rage with your family? Do you find yourself up late at night consumed with mom guilt and remorse for your words and actions with your kids? Do you wish you could have daily alone time to feel restored and connect with God? There is a way to take care of yourself guilt-free and show up as a calm, patient, and kind mama to your kids. Hey, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm a stress coach for Christian moms. I'm a wife, a mom of four, and the daughter of the king. Want to know how to become present, peaceful, and calm mama? I'm about to teach you how to connect with God, master your mindset, set healthy boundaries, and be in control of your emotions. My friend, I pray that this podcast blesses you. I'm Elizabeth, and you are listening to Emotionally Healthy Legacy Podcast. Hi, Mama. Do you find yourself thinking, I am the worst mom in the world? I don't feel like I'm the mom my kids deserve. Or I shouldn't be a mom. I feel like such a failure in motherhood. I'm not cut out to do this. My kids will grow up to hate me. What is wrong with me? I know better. I should do better. Listen up. Mom guilt can suck the life out of you. It can lead to anxiety, depression, burnout, and being emotionally unavailable for your kids. I want to invite you to my Overcoming Mom Guilt training that is happening next Monday, August 15th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time Zone. This training will be about 45 minutes long and this will transform the way you handle mom guilt. This training will help you identify your guilt and where it comes from. It will help you overcome negative thoughts with positive affirmations and be more confident that you are the best mom for your kids. It will be via Zoom, and there will be a replay. Link to sign up is in the show notes. I'll see you there. Hi, Mama. Welcome back to another episode of Emotionally Healthy Legacy. Today, I have a guest for us. Her name is Erin, and she is a breathwork um, coach and an anxiety coach. And we'll be talking all about anxiety today. I know that's a huge struggle for so many mamas that I talk to. So welcome, Erin. I am so glad that you are here. I'm excited to talk to you. And I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us your story, how you got on this journey. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. A little bit about my story and my journey is I have been someone who's always struggled with anxiety. I didn't know it at a young age, but um, I have had what I call high-functioning anxiety. It's not an actual diagnosis, but it just means that on the outside, everything seems like you're happy, you're successful, you're calm, you're handling life well, but on the inside, you're struggling with what can feel sometimes debilitating. So you know, worries, overthinking, planning, being that perfectionist type A kind of person. And in the body, the anxiety feels the same. So the racing heart and the heavy chest and all of these things that people experience with anxiety, you feel, but on the outside, it seems like everything's good. So again, from a young age, I was like that very perfectionist type A, a hundred, had to get an A always in school, you know, and that just really spilled over into college, then into my motherhood. 
I think my anxiety worsened a lot. Um, when I had kids, because I say that all of the worries that you have about yourself then become worries of something outside of your body that you care about so much and would do anything to keep them safe. So I noticed that, that my anxiety um, increased a lot as I became a mother. And it just really got to the point where I thought, I have to do something about this. Um, I can't live like this. Uh, I can't always be constantly worried about what's going to happen to me or my kids or my husband. And so I tried, um, I went to my doctor, tried the typical route of medication. I tried therapy and um, found out really that what I needed was a little deeper than that. Um, so the medication I had some side effects that didn't feel great to me. And then with therapy, I felt like the tools that I was learning were just constantly to manage my anxiety, which felt like another full-time job on top of being a mom and <laughs> doing all the things I was already doing. And so I'm thankful, even though that was a hard road to travel, I'm thankful for that because it led me down this road of going even deeper I became a counselor myself, um, still needed extra support from that. That's when I started my coaching certification and breath work and learned so many other tools there, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, kind of here in our time together, but things that allowed me to go deeper, to heal those parts of myself that were constantly anxious. And now I can say I truly live a life that feels free of anxiety 95% of the time. So it's night and day different than before, for sure. That is so encouraging to hear that there is a way to um, deal with anxiety without mm -hmm. medications and for it not to consume your life. Because mm -hmm. I have friends, close friends who uh, struggle with anxiety and they um, don't want to take medications because they've had poor side effects from it. And it just like really can consume their life. It can really mess with you. And the reason I invited you here, because when someone is experiencing anxiety, their brain shifts to the emotional part of the brain. And it's so much harder to emotionally regulate and be alongside your kids when they're struggling, to regulate your own emotions when you're already struggling with anxiety. It just, anxiety takes so much energy out of your brain that your brain doesn't have much energy to emotionally regulate. And you'll find yourself, if you're feeling really anxious, that it's going to be much harder to stay calm and patient and grounded with your family and your kiddos. And so that's what I'm so excited to talk to you about. Like, okay, there is a way to do something about this. So let's talk about how anxiety really feels in our body because you mentioned it a little bit and I know many people you know mix it up with stress mm -hmm. how stress feels in our body and you know we you and I've had lives together we talked about how stress is just like the pressures of life and all these things that just need to get done and you're kind of rushing out the door and the kids are kind of you know screaming and then you have your to-do list and like somebody else called and you're just feeling like you're pulled in different directions and something is happening with your house and like things are breaking down. Like there's just life stuff that is happening and you're just getting really overwhelmed. I feel like that's just stress of life, but anxiety is a little different. So let's talk about that. 
Yeah. Anxiety to me is, so you have the stressful thing, the day that you just described, which many of us have lived. And then on top of that, the mind is just worrying and spiraling and thinking of the what if that could happen, the worst case scenario problems. Or like I said, for me, it was mostly like worrying about my kids or myself or my job or whatever it is, just constantly worrying. So I think of anxiety, like the anticipation of a future problem of future concern. So really it's just a brain trying to keep us safe, trying to think of all the bad things that could happen so that we can control and make sure those things don't happen. So for me, um, how it feels in the body is a heavy chest. When I was anxious, my chest always felt tight. It felt like I had bricks or an elephant just sitting on it. Like I couldn't take a deep breath. It also felt like shaking in my hands. I was just constantly um, had like a little bit of a shake. Um, I also felt like my heart, sometimes I had heart palpitations. You hear people talk a lot about that when they're anxious. Um, I have clients who feel uh, kind of like jolts running through either their legs or their hands, their arms. So anxiety can come in different ways for different people, but those were most of my symptoms. A lot of them were in my thoughts, in my mind. What kind of stuff was I hearing? What kind of thoughts was I thinking? Um, and like I said, for me, it was a lot of perfectionism too, of thinking of um, how I could mess up or what could go wrong and how it could prevent that. Yeah. And I like that you say it's in our thoughts. It's mm-hmm. when our thoughts take over and like the negative thoughts mm-hmm. take over and they they just consume you. I mean, I've had episodes in my life where I had anxiety and I knew what it was from, like mm-hmm. what thoughts were causing it. I was really worried about something and it was just completely consuming me. And it took so much energy out of me. And like, I remember the first anxiety at like attack that I felt in my chest was so heavy. I literally felt like I could not get a deep breath Mm -hmm. in. And that was about like five years ago. And I've never experienced that before in my life. And I literally took out my phone and I started Googling Mm because I'm like having a hard time breathing. And I'm like, what are the reasons for that? Because I didn't even know what it was. I've had anxiety, like, oh, going on stage a little, you know, anxiety here, but to the point where it was like, I couldn't breathe. That was the first time. And I'm like, and I looked it up and all the things, you know, I ruled out except anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've never experienced it that bad, but I was so worried about something that was going on in my life that it was so heavy hearted about Mm -hmm. it. And it felt so out of my control and like, I kept trying to control it and I couldn't. And like, like you're right. It's our thoughts. And it's when we're trying to control something that is out of our control. Yes. And it just like, what if this happens? What if that happens? It's those mm-hmm. thoughts. So we really need to take our thoughts captive. And if you're a Christian and believer, the Bible talks about taking our thoughts captive. And so, so let's talk about like tips to actually manage it. Because we have mm-hmm. our thoughts to manage and then we have like our brain feels unsafe. So we mm-hmm. actually need to like help our brain feel safe. Yes. So it kind of de-escalates the response of anxiety in our body. Absolutely. And so if we think about it in that way, we'll talk about a couple tools for thoughts and then we'll talk about a couple, I call them body-based tools. So ways to kind of help your body feel safe and better. So I usually start with the thoughts because that is where, like I said, a lot of it stems from, right? So a couple of things that are helpful, and I just shared this with a client, so it's top of mind. Um, 
what the, the question I ask and I want people to ask themselves is what is the worst that can happen? So I'll walk you through like the exercise we kind of talked about with my client yesterday. She found that she was worrying about something and I told her, number one, what are you thinking? Like, what are the thoughts in your head actually telling you is going to happen? And so she starts listing them and she thinks none of these things would actually happen, right? These are worst case scenario. Like <laughs> it was a birthday party. She was planning, and I'll share it because it's kind of a motherhood example. She was planning this birthday party, so worried that she was going to forget something and not have everything planned well. And I said, what's the worst that can happen? I said, what if you forget the cake? What's the worst that can happen? She was like, we'll just go to the store and get another cake. I'm like, exactly. You know, but in our mind, we think, oh, we forget the cake. We bomb this party. Our daughter hates us. We're the worst mom ever. Right. But none of that is actually true. So that would be my first just quick tip is ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen in this situation? Because anxiety, these anxious thoughts make us think something's far worse than whatever actually happened in real life. So that's my first tip. My second one um, hits on what we were talking about earlier with control. A lot of anxiety stems from a lack of feeling safe and a lack of being in control. So when we can just notice that that's what we're doing, that the brain is just looking for a way to feel safe and to feel in control, we can kind of calm down a lot of that because we're giving that anxious thought the time, the space to be heard, and we can pay attention to what's going on. So an easy exercise that I do um, with clients is called the circle of control. And if you haven't heard of it, you can also Google, but it is super simple. I know we talked about this before, Elizabeth, where you just draw a circle on a piece of paper. And anything that you're worrying about that is outside of your circle of control, meaning something you have no control over, something you can't influence, whether it be the weather or the pandemic or someone else's actions and choices, right? All of those things you're going to write on the outside of your circle on your piece of paper. And then anything that you find that you're worrying about that's inside of your circle of control, which you'll notice is really just from you. So your choices, your behaviors, your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, these things can go on the inside of the circle. And what I bet will happen is that what you find you're worrying about is all outside of your control. So when we can notice that and say, oh man, my brain is just trying to keep me safe. My brain wants me to feel okay. But all of these things are outside of my control. Therefore, I have to let those go. And so then people can do things, whatever, you know, works for them. A lot of people pray or meditate or journal, um, just leaning on something a little bit outside of themselves can be helpful. So those are my two tips for kind of anxious thoughts. Yeah. Thanks for saying those. And I think like, I mean, for Christians who are listening to this, surrendering to God, things that are out of your control, it's really freeing when you actually choose to let it go because you have no control over it. It's like this big weight lifted off your shoulders. And then the other thing that I've been really intentional lately is practicing positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you teach positive affirmations, but what we focus on expands. So if we're focusing on all these negative things that could possibly happen, we're going to subconsciously attract negative things in our lives. And if we choose to like, like I, right now I'm moving and I have a lot that's you know, happening. And I have thoughts that want to creep in. Well, what if we move and my husband won't find a good job and all these things. And I'm like, I am unavailable 
for these negative thoughts. I won't even let them in. Good things are coming my way. You know, my God is abundant. He's prosperous. He's going to send good things. He provided a home for us. He's going to provide the financial means. Like good things are coming my way and I'm only available for good things. I'm not allowing <laughs> negative things. Like, And I'm literally, and my brain is naturally not really positive. I'm not naturally a positive person. So I have to be so intentional. I've been like writing in my journal so much about like positive affirmations, reading them out loud and doing like EFT tapping and stuff to allow only the positive stuff. I'm like, I'm just not available for the negative stuff. I won't even let it in. And like, and so like you have to be intentional when it comes to things like this, like it does take intentionality until like you, um, it becomes like a new kind of, um, part of your life. And then it just doesn't take as much effort anymore. But yeah, like if you're struggling with anxiety, it's probably going to take a little bit extra work in the beginning to try to manage it until it becomes like a new automatic where it just like, you already know your body already knows and your mind knows what to do. Um, so let's talk about practical things in like the moment yeah. when you're experiencing anxiety. Cause I've had times actually last week I had in the morning, I'm like, it just feels like my body's off. I feel anxious about something and I don't even know why. Like mm -hmm. I don't, usually I know, but this time I did it. And then I was started to, I remember the things that you taught about like, what do I see? What do I smell? Mm -hmm. What do I taste? And I started to kind of bring back to like the reality and start to take some deep breaths. And that really, really helped my body calm down. So let's mention those things that you teach, like a few tips in the moment when you're Absolutely. starting to feel anxious. Yes. So I love the one you hit on first, which is, I call it five, four, three, two, one. You can also call it grounding exercises. If you look these up, I have some videos on my Instagram and TikTok, but just what happens when we're in an anxious moment is we're completely up in the mind. And so what we want to do is bring ourselves back into the body, into the space, into the room so that we can calm ourselves down. So a quick little easy one, five, four, three, two, one. You start off by noticing five things you see. So just looking around your space, I notice five things now, the plant, the candle, this cup, you know, my essential oils, my phone and the computer. And so you just see those things. Then you say four things I can touch and you take your hand out and just touch those, those objects. So kind of notice what helps is if you notice what the texture feels like, the temperature, because again, it's getting you out of here, out of your mind, into your body. So notice the those things as you touch them. Okay. Then we're going to do three things that you hear. So just noticing any sounds. I hear the fan. That's really all I hear right now, which is a miracle because my kids are home, but <laughs> three things you hear. Then I move to two things you can smell. So it's super helpful if you have a tool, like I have some essential oils here that I like and just smelling those things or this candle or even noticing on your shirt, maybe perfume or your laundry detergent, whatever it is that you smell, smelling those. And then lastly, one thing you can taste. So I take a sip of water. Maybe you have gum or mint or snack. As you put your, like you said, where you put your attention, that grows, right? Where your attention goes, your energy flows. So when you focus on those things that are not in your mind and are in your space and in your body, it brings you back down into the moment. So that's a really good first tip, the five, four, three, two, one. And then secondly, you mentioned breathing. I'm, breath, I'm a breathwork facilitator. And so breathwork is my tool of choice. The reason I got hooked on breathwork is because 
it within two or three minutes, I can completely snap myself out of an anxious moment and be in my body. And so I have several videos if you want to learn more, but just a simple deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. Just doing that a few times can scientifically in our body do so many things to help us. But what it does is just, again, calms down the body, calms down the mind so that you can figure out what you're even anxious about, right? That's the problem is when we're anxious, oftentimes we don't know why we're anxious. So doing those really simple tools can bring you into the body so that then I love to grab a journal and maybe write out, what am I worried about? And then looking at them, realizing again, that like you said, a lot of those maybe aren't going to happen or they're like something huge that's not realistic. And then I go, oh, wow. Okay. The things that I'm worried about probably won't happen. So that would be my third tip journaling. And then the fourth one is, this is a client's favorite, is very simple. Taking your hand, placing it on your chest and reminding yourself that in this moment where you are, you are safe, you are okay. Everything will work out exactly as it is planned. So repeating those positive affirmations like you talked about, reminding yourself you're safe over and over, plus kind of adding a little pressure to the chest can really relieve a lot of anxious feelings in the moment. So those are my go-to top four favorites. Those are really good. I like those. I'm always about like practical. I love mindset as well, but I'm like, also give me the tools, like the in the moment stuff because mindset is great, but also in the moment is really, really helpful. So, so what is it like to work with an anxiety coach? Cause I know that a lot of people don't even know what is it like, okay, a coach, what do they do? Like, how do you actually help them? What does a session look like with you? Yeah. Great question. I love when people find me, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I need. This is what I've been looking for. And that is, that is music to my ears. So I work with people in a couple of different ways. The first way being my group program, heal your anxiety. And so this is set up so that you have all of the pre-recorded lessons for me, step-by-step how to, you know, live a life with less anxiety. And we meet twice a month on a group chat where we all can just talk about what's going on, get real life, like practical. How can I support you? So you have that one-to-one touch from me where we get to connect and I can help you in your own situation. Plus we have a group chat where you can come anytime for support. So this is a great place for people to start. If they're kind of a self-led learner, if they like to do the work in their own time and then come for that help that they need, this is a great place for people to start in that group program. Then I have where I work with people one-to-one. So this is for the person who really wants full individual attention, who would love to learn how this applies in their life. And that way I can share that with them immediately. You know, they don't have to watch the lessons, but they can get that immediate support and explanation. So this looks like, like I said, I had a session yesterday and we hop on, we catch up on how everything has worked in the past week because we meet once a week on Zoom. And we catch up on everything, how it's been the last week, how the tools have worked, how the anxious thoughts have been, how she's feeling. And then we move into how I can support her for that week. So that might look different, right? The cool thing about coaching is that the person, the client gets to be kind of in the lead for what they need. And the coach is just there holding your hand saying, hey, I've been there. I get it. 
I can help you. <laughs> I know how to help you through this moment. And so then that's when I share the practical tips, the, you know, lessons, understandings, and they just have these amazing aha moments and leave the session with something to focus on, some homework, a goal perhaps. And then they have full access to me, 24-7 text access as well, so that they can check in in those hard moments, you know. Like I mentioned, I was a counselor before, and it was tough for someone to only hear from me once a week. So I love kind of having that constant connectivity when you need it. In the moment, I'm the coach in your back pocket. So that's what that looks like. Thank you for saying that. And I think it's coaching is really good because I think oftentimes we hear and know what to do but we don't implement what we know. Mm -hmm. And even if like I've had times with like counselors and coaches, it's like, I already know that information. I heard it somewhere a while back and maybe even like a week ago, but I need reminding multiple, Mm -hmm. multiple times because when let's say anxiety hits or the stress hits, like our brain forgets what to do. Mm-hmm. It like we need oftentimes somebody there to hold our hands and to walk us through and guide us through. So I think like I love coaching and I yeah. think and you do too. That's why we're in this field. <laughs> and this is yeah. And these are our journeys and we help women um with the struggles that we faced, mm-hmm. you know, and have overcome a, you know, a huge chunk of it and know how to manage it well. So yeah. um what is one thing that you want our listeners to walk away with, if you could say one thing about anxiety, what do you want our mamas to remember? I am all about empowerment, helping people learn that they are never stuck in their situation. No matter if this is something that has been a struggle for your entire life. So I want to remind you that anxiety is never your life sentence. Even if you've felt like you've been anxious from day one, even if everyone in your family is anxious, there is so much proof, scientific proof through epigenetics, through neuroplasticity, that anxiety does not have to be your life sentence. So I just want to send that out there and also let them know there are other methods. If you've tried counseling or therapy, if you've tried medication, if you've tried all the other million of modalities that I have tried and they weren't helping you know that there are other resources and there's people that are here to support you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And how can our listeners connect with you? Where, where can they find you? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Hey Erin Kimbrell. You can find me on Facebook in the same place. I have an amazing Facebook group full of women that struggle with high functioning anxiety and that is called empowered and free. So I would love to see you anywhere there. Also have TikTok. I'm not super active there, but I'm trying. So Instagram and Facebook are the places to connect with me. Okay. And we'll link all of that in the show notes. And thank you, Erin, for being here. I am so glad that you got to do this. And this was really helpful for a lot of the mamas. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm. Hi, friend. Did you learn something new or found value in this episode? If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with one Christian mama friend who has young kiddos and could benefit from this message? Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word and grow this podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, would you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts so I know that this content is helpful and I can continue to create more episodes. This is really the only way for me to know that you are blessed by this podcast. I'll see you soon, my friend. God bless you.